Welcome to College Unbound, the weekly podcast by Focus Collegiate, dedicated to diverse learning in the college environment. Thanks for being with us. This is Jane Taylor here with my colleague, Anne-Marie Stripling. Anne-Marie is the Focus Collegiate Enrollment and Outreach Director. Always a pleasure, Anne-Marie. Yes, Jane, good to see you. Today, our subject is You Don't Know What You Don't Know, a consultant's perspective. Our guest is Elizabeth Cooper. Liz is an independent educational consultant working to help high school students with learning differences strengthen their self-advocacy skills, navigate college admissions, and transition to colleges that support their learning needs, enabling them to achieve academic success. A former practicing attorney, Liz is an active professional member of the Independent Educational Consultants Association, IECA, where she serves as chair of the Learning Disabilities Neurodiversity Committee and as a member of the Education and Training Committee. Liz earned her Independent Educational Consultant certification at University of California, Irvine. She co-founded MILD, an active group of Massachusetts-based independent educational consultants. She's a graduate of Brandeis University and Boston University School of Law and is a member of the Massachusetts Bar. Hooray, we got to the end of your intro. Welcome, Liz. I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you for being with us. Of course. Thank you so much, Jane, for such a warm greeting. It's so nice to meet you. So great to see you, Anne-Marie. Tell us about your role as an educational consultant. How do you help students with the college planning and selection process? Great question, Jane. Thank you so much. Um, So, yes. um, So, as Jane mentioned, um, I am a member of the College Consulting Collaborative. We're a small national group of consultants across the country. Um, We all work exclusively with students with learning differences, but we're all also parents of students with learning differences. So as a parent, I really know firsthand that the college process just involves so much more than just creating a list of a dozen or so well-known colleges, writing an essay, and then submitting the applications. There's so much more. That's true for all students but especially um, for students with learning differences. So what an educational consultant can do is give students and their families kind of the ins and outs of the college process and really give them that individualized attention. So what we do is we spend a large percentage of our time visiting colleges and meeting with admissions and meeting with disability support personnel and really learning about what are the supports that are available for all students, but specifically for students with learning differences. So there's a lot of reasons to hire a consultant. Primarily is to help the student find colleges that are a really, really good fit. So what does that mean to me? Well, I'm sure I'll be talking more about that. But generally speaking, it's where the student is going to be supported and where they can thrive academically, socially, experientially in all of the different ways that a student can thrive. So what we do is we help the students stay organized throughout the entire college planning process. We bring our expertise and knowledge about colleges, including learning support, to help the student find the colleges that, like I said, are a really good fit. Mm -hmm. So consultants Mm -hmm. can take so much of the stress out of the process. 
we can be an objective third party and really help the family through the process of the students transitioning from being a kid at home, this high school student living at home to going off to college and living independently, maybe for the first time away from home. And we help alleviate the anxiety that parents and students um, can have through this process so that parents can enjoy their last year and a half with a student at home and students mm -hmm. can enjoy the rest of their time in high school uh, before attending college. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about parent anxiety as a parent, how do you help parents through the process? There are so many different pieces to this. So with parents, really what we do is we provide a structure and this keeps everything very, very manageable. We know the process, this is what we do. And I have this process that really kind of helps the parents so that they don't have to be worried about all of the little different pieces of the process. Again, it keeps it manageable, it keeps it less stressful. Also, I really help guide and educate parents and students through the entire college process. So I help them understand there's huge differences between high school and college and mm -hmm. what the students should be doing in high school to prepare for that transition and help parents understand how how they can best support their child so they be, can become more college ready and more independent. I'm sure we'll be talking more about that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is it that parents don't know they don't know? A big piece of what parents are doing, especially um, as parents of students with learning differences, is we're trying to smooth a lot of the path for our student. It's hard going through school with learning differences. It's really, really challenging in so many different ways. And your instinct as a parent is to try to make it not so hard for your student. But in trying to make things easier for your student, sometimes you're taking away their ability to develop these really, really important independent skills. So that's one of the pieces um, that I would say. There's also this whole concept of the factors of fit. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about that. What's mm -hmm. going to be a really good fit for their child? So we help families define what that fit is, what it looks like for their child, because it's different for every student. We help them really understand what these factors are. Just like as an example, you know, like there's implications of different factors on a student's ability to learn. So like, for example, how the size of the college can really impact the kind of teaching and learning that goes on in the classroom things like that. So mm -hmm. I work really hard to get to know my students and to really understand their learning profile. I assess their college readiness and the family's priorities for the college search and all of that comes together so that I can present the family with a really good list of good fit colleges. And I might also recommend some extra support in high school, things like specialized tutoring, organizational support, specialized prep for the SAT or the ACT, or maybe some social support. And I might make some suggestions about ways that the student can become more independent and the parent can have an important role in that process by literally stepping back. I wonder if you if you come across situations where the parent thinks that this set of schools is a fit for the student and the student thinks that this other set of schools is a fit for them <laughs> and how can you because I bet you have to do a lot of reconciliation between the two and and kind of walking that line mm -hmm. to help everybody kind of get on the same page about it. Exactly. And that's something that we we literally have a meeting. Um, I literally have a meeting with my the students and the parents to come to an agreement about 
What are those components of it? What are the pieces that are going to really matter? And, and what's most important? And that's what guides the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also help the student try to figure out if they need some additional support while they're in college. And that's where, um, you know, wonderful partners like Focus Collegiate come <laughs> in, right? Like the, the, the support that they are being offered in college, you know, like it might be a good overall fit for them. And maybe the teaching style is going to work for them. Nice small classes and hands-on experiences, experiential learning and all that. But the learning center doesn't give them quite enough in terms of like check-ins or coaching or whatever it is that they Mm -hmm. independently need. And so we might recommend, um, especially in that first year when they're transitioning to college, that um, they have a partner like Focus Collegiate that can come in and give them that extra support that they need. But mostly back to your original question, um, Jane, I I really serve as a guide. I help the students stay organized and I help the process be productive and really how to keep that stress at bay as much as I can. Mm -hmm. We've been touching so much on fit in their first few minutes. Let's just jump right into it. A student has been accepted to various schools or even before they've been accepted. How should they decide which one is the right fit for them? What factors should they be looking for? When they're thinking about fit, like how do they figure that out? Yeah, Mm -hmm. so there's so many complicated pieces to this, right? It's not straightforward. A lot of people think, you know, oh, fit. Well, if I go to a college that has this major that I want, then that's going to be the right place for me. But if you're a student who really learns with that personal interactive conversation with your teachers in the classroom, and this is a class where 500 person lecture halls are the norm, like you might not be able to learn in that environment. So there are so many different pieces. And to me, this is the most important part. So first we think about the learning environment. So I'd love to talk to my families about how it's not actually about getting in. That's kind of the American obsession with college, right? Can you get in, you know, where are you going to be accepted? Where is that sticker going to be on the back of your car? That's not (laughs) what it's about, right? It is about, it is about getting there, growing, succeeding, and frankly, getting out is more important than getting in. Like you want to go to a college where you'll be able to graduate. You'll be able to be successful. So what are some things to think about? So where does a student learn best? Again, are they those small discussion-based classes or are they larger lectures? Do they need those hands-on experiences, uh, project-based learning, things like that? What type of support do they need? What kind of challenge do they need? So we want to make sure they're in a learning environment where they can be successful. And I find typically that that like 50 to 75th percentile ability wise, like that's kind of the sweet spot. So the student's going to be challenged in their areas of strength, but they're not going to be falling behind in their areas of challenge. And we find working with students with learning differences that students who need 50% extended time on tests and exams, they, they actually need it for everything. And Anne-Marie, I'm sure you know this with the work that you all do. They need it for all academic activities, studying, writing, reading. So if they're in that 50 to 75th percentile, that really allows our students more of a balanced college experience. So we look at what support they've used in high school, what's going to be available at the college level. Are they going to need things like extra time, distraction, reduced testing, assistive technology, housing accommodations, lots and lots of different types of accommodations they might need. But then what other supports might they need, like peer mentoring, would that help them? And an academic coach or peer tutoring, writing assistance, a counselor on campus. And 
we have them look closely, like what's available? And do they need to think about continuity of care? What's in the area? Like, do they want to be someplace where, you know, it takes an hour to get to a, a place where you might be able to find a therapist? That may not work for students who need more support than is available in that department on campus. So I have a um, database as part of my practice group. We share a database with all this information, and we dig deep into this when we're working with our students. Um, but something that parents can do is really research what's the available support at the colleges, and their students should be doing that too. We really want students to be taking ownership of this process. And mm-hmm. sometimes the college can be an overall good fit, but there isn't support on campus. And again, that's where they can be bringing in some external support to be um, to be supporting them as well when they're in college. And but then there's all these other elements of fit. So it was a location, how far from home is a student comfortable? I always say to students, like, you're not planning a vacation. You know, it's like, maybe you want to go to Florida because like you love the beach. That's fabulous. But like, if you live in like Nevada, you know, your mom can't come see you for a weekend. Like she's going to come for a week if she comes to visit you, right? So how far from home is going to be comfortable? What kind of setting is good for them? Urban, near a city, in the mountains, by the water? Do they want a college town? Do they want to be near hiking? Like all of those other pieces. Like what's going to, where is it they going to find their happy place? And where are they comfortable? What settings do they enjoy? Do they want an outdoorsy program? A lot of students find that's really stress relieving and mm-hmm. having an outdoorsy environment might be great for them. Or maybe they feel like if they're someplace too rural, they're confined. Like do they want more of a city environment? So we look at things like that. And we look at size, um, and that, again, goes back to classroom size. They're very closely tied together. The smaller colleges tend to have smaller classes, which tend to be more discussion-based, not you know, not a fine rule, but just generally speaking. Um, and we look at, can the student be successful in that environment? And we look at the academics and extracurriculars. And this is, again, like strengths-based thinking, right? Like, what are the academics and extracurricular activities that speak to these kids' strengths, their authentic strengths and interests? And what are the extracurricular activities that are going to help them find their community? So important to go find clubs mm-hmm. that you can join and find your people. And finally, we look at campus environment. There's so many factors to this, and it really differs student by student for what they're looking for. But it's the characteristics of the student body, the academic environment, things like diversity and religion and Greek life and sports culture and all of those different things. They're all a really important part of it. And so all of these factors together, to me, are really what makes a good fit for a student. Mm -hmm. Thinking about your role as a guide in this process, what's the difference between an educational consultant and a school guidance counselor? A really, really great question. A lot of people feel that once they have contracted with an educational consultant, they don't really need the guidance counselor anymore, right? Like it's like, why why do I need that? Because I have this educational consultant. Well, I actually feel that's not true. I think that the guidance counselor's role is really, really important, very different from what our role is. So we tell our students they really need to work really closely um, with both of us to get the right results. So I'm really clear with the student that I am not the counselor. I do not replace them. Their role is really important. So some of the things they need to think about, they need to know their guidance counselor. They need to be known by their guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. Guidance counselor has really important meetings for the student and the parents. The guidance counselor is going to be managing the school's process for really important materials that get sent to the college on the student's behalf. Like 
transcripts and the guidance counselor is going to be writing a recommendation for the student. Really, really important stuff. They'll also manage the process of requests for accommodations for standardized testing, the ACT, the SAT, things like that. So conversely, you know, my role is to support students through all of the tasks that they have in the college admission process. So in addition to finding these colleges that are good fit for them, I'm walking them through the process. I'm helping them so that they can write their essays, so that they can be filling out their applications. I'm guiding them through this process. And guidance counselors um, would love to assist students individually through the process, but they just don't have the time. They have too many students to do much in the way of individual attention. And they also have a lot of responsibilities in addition to college counseling. They're responsible for scheduling and social emotional issues that students face. But as a consultant, I can give one-on-one individualized attention. But I feel that the real value that I'm adding is my understanding of students who learn differently and how they need to be supported in college. And I can really spend the time to get to know them, get to know their preferences, their needs, their interests, their learning profile. And based on all of that and all those other factors of fit that we were just chatting about, then I can recommend appropriate colleges and then I guide them through the application process. And finally, I really help them prepare for a successful transition to college. Do you think that your depth of knowledge in this field is because you're a parent? Absolutely. I mean, not completely, but absolutely that's where it got sparked. As a parent, you want your child to be able to thrive. You don't want your child to be defined by what they can't do. You want them Mm -hmm. to be defined by what their strengths are. But at the same time, you have to make sure that they're in an environment where they can be successful. Um, Right. So as a parent, I really learned how to dive in and start looking. And that was kind of the beginning of my journey on this work. But really understanding like how the students can be challenged and supported. That really is what the journey is about. And for me, I find that I really understand what the students are thinking and what they're feeling along this process and the parts that are so hard for them because I went through it with my own kids. And as a parent, Mm -hmm. I could completely empathize um, of the difficult parts and all the joys that come with it. Like when you see your kid get to college, it's a really good fit for them. And all of a sudden they're lighting up and they're thriving and they're getting involved and they're finding like, you know, they're what they're really, really good at. And you get that call. Now, mom, I took CS 101 and like I'm five days into the class and like this is how my brain works. Like when you get that phone call, which, by the way, I did, you know, you found the right place for your kid, you know, and it's like Mm -hmm. all those years of being in an environment that's not designed for the way you learn. And then you go to a place where you can really explore your strengths and the things that you're really good at. And you're no longer defined by your deficits. You're defined by your strengths. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. How can students become college ready? What Mm -hmm. tips do you have for students and their parents who are listening? Yeah, such a great question. And so when I'm meeting with my students, I tell them to think of high school as a dress rehearsal for college. And this is this is a philosophy that my colleagues at the College Consulting Collaborative and I all share. This is really what high school is about. It is about finding ways to strengthen the areas that you need to work on 
and also be exploring your strengths. So there are really six essential skills that we talk about in terms of readiness. So first is academic. So a lot of people think academic readiness is just about getting good grades, but it's not. It's so much more than that. There are all these invisible skills like writing and study skills and note taking and things that don't get direct grades, but are actually really, really essential for college success. So Mm -hmm. we help identify any areas that students could work on in high school and get help if they need it. And if they don't have sufficient support to be building these skills, we encourage them to really start working with a coach and start working hard to build these skills before college to make them more ready. And so next comes a little bit related executive functioning, right? So this is the ability to use your time, effectively organize yourself, schedule tests. This is another essential area to work on in high school, and it can be a significant challenge for the students we work with, um, with learning differences. And again, another place that a really good EF coach in place can really help students become more college ready in this really important way. Next is independence, which is huge, right? This really covers everything that they're doing. Um, This is a student's ability to take care of themselves. And we find that this is generally a family system. So we work with our students, but also with parents. That's what we're talking about at the beginning, right? To encourage their child's development of these skills. So we find that taking on these skills just one at a time can really strengthen both the student's readiness but also their self-confidence so that they become more college ready. So some just a couple examples might be like learning to wake yourself up in the morning. No, no one focused collegian even is not going to come pounding on your door and saying time to get up. You've got an eight o'clock class. Like you've got to get yourself. Very true. Right? Very true. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> like super important skill laundry. Like your roommate will not like you if that pile of dirty clothes mm-hmm. really piles up. Keeping a schedule, managing your finances and things like that. So we find that Practice and independence in all these areas is really good and important for college readiness. And so next comes self-determination. So this is the ability to set personal goals, self-advocate, self-monitor, make adjustments when needed, things like that. And students can become more college ready in high school by working on self-advocating. And like, as soon as it's like, I don't think I've got this, like even before then, go get help. And we tell kids to get in the habit of doing this now so that when they're in college, they'll take advantage of like the writing center and the tutoring Mm -hmm. center and all of that. It'll just be kind of like an automatic pilot going to professor's office hours and things like that. We tell them to attend their IEP meetings, make sure they really understand what is their learning difference and can they articulate it, how it impacts them and do they understand and can they use their accommodations? So really, really important. They're gonna have to know that and be able to articulate it in college when they're looking for their accommodations, right? Social emotional. So this is the ability to communicate effectively with peers and professionals and to self-regulate. Huge leap from high school to college, right? And dorm living can be really, really tough for a lot of kids, especially um, the transition. So we actually recommend that students spend time away from home without their parents before they leave home. Really important. We like to recommend pre-college courses on campuses, because college campuses, because then they can experience living in a dorm and living with a roommate. But frankly, anything away from home is really, really helpful to help foster that independence. Mm-hmm. Um, we also suggest they plan ahead for continuity of care, as I mentioned before, if they're seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist for ADHD, anxiety, depression, like have a plan for that for when they get to college. Next comes motivation and resilience. This is the sixth, uh, the sixth of the six essential skills that I was mentioning. This is the ability to initiate work and persist through obstacles and become more independent. 
So we strongly recommend to our high school students that they use the rest of this time in high school um, to change the dynamic with parent involvement. So this is like both parents' work and students' work. We want to mm-hmm. increasing the parent involvement and increasing the student responsibility and independence in high school. So we really want students to learn good problem-solving skills, and we're delighted if parents want to help with the development of good problem-solving skills. But what we don't want is parents to be the fixers. We want students to learn to fix their own problems. And frankly, if they have some little mistakes when they're at home, like that's a good thing. Like let's learn to do that when they're at home. They're going to hit bumps like for the rest of their lives. We all do, right? It's learning how to get through those bumps, you know, to become Mm -hmm. more resilient. So really important, Jane, like we don't expect students to become 100% perfect in any of these pieces. No, no one is. I certainly am not. But we want the student to be as strong on each of these factors as they can. And that's what's going to be what really set them up for college success and happiness. We're getting short on time. These conversations go so quickly. I'm always astonished. At the beginning, we talked about how parents making it easier for the student often makes it harder for the student. Mm -hmm. How do you guide parents in letting go? Oh, it's so hard. You know, really, it is just giving their students little pieces of independence. You know, it's, we we all have these traditions, right? Like we have family vacations in the summer, maybe just kind of time at home and things like that. It's so wonderful and so important. And I'm not suggesting that families disrupt their whole summer, but if they can take like a little piece out of that summer, every summer and start to let their kids have some experience being away from home, that's really great. But it's also a lot of the little things like, I, you know, I had my kids start scheduling their own haircuts when they were in middle school. And I remember the first time it was like, that was like a really big deal. But by the time they were, you know, in seniors in high school, like they knew that that was their responsibility, of course. And like, I didn't even have to be asked them to do it, but it's everything. It's all of those appointments. It's, you know, doctor's appointments and dentist appointments, like start having them, like just start small, like making those appointments. You want to start mm-hmm. giving them the responsibility for medication management, you know, like, can they, if they're on medications, like, can they organize them? Can they know that they're supposed to take them? And again, setting the alarm clock, like just like all of those little things, anything where mom and dad are taking care of all these things to make our kids' lives easier. It's all well-intentioned. Our Mm -hmm. kids are really, really busy. Maybe we have the times that we're doing these things for them. Start letting them do it. Have them cook a meal once a week. You know, I I actually literally assign these things as homework to my students. Like I let them pick what their readiness skills are, but they need to pick three. And their homework assignment is going to be working on these. Like maybe it's laundry, maybe it's homework, maybe it's scheduling their own appointments, maybe it's calendaring, maybe it's Google, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Google Calendar, or maybe it's mobile banking. Um, but I, I have students start taking over responsibility for a lot of those tasks. I love it. We have to wrap up. I love the idea of students, pick your three, do them. Small mm-hmm. steps, take them. And parents. Mm-hmm. Let your student take the small steps. Thank you so much, Liz. What a pleasure to learn your expertise. There's so much still to discuss, I'm sure. And maybe we can come back together again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was lovely. I very much enjoyed speaking with you, Jane and Anne-Marie. Thank you so much. Thanks, Liz.